0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B L E A V in Lions right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh. And after a fantastic A-plus draft weekend for the Detroit Lions, I am joined, as always, by the all-pro safety, the former Detroit Lion, the former Houston Texan, the 2014 interception leader, Glover Quinn, Jr., How's it going, my friend?
0: Man, excellent. Great day. I love the intro, man.
1: Ah, you deserve it, you know? (laughs) Not that anyone has forgotten how great you were for the Lions, but people need a little reminder, just your accomplishments, and you you know, you deserve the little hype intro as well.
0: Every now and then, you have to remind people.
1: Gotta remind people. Every now and then got to remind people how great you were and got to remind you how great you were for the Detroit Lions
0: <laughs> I was okay I did I did I did okay in my time I will say that I look yeah. back at it sometimes I look back at it sometimes and I'm like you know what I did okay I wasn't too shabby
1: Not too shabby <laughs> Not too shabby at all but the Lions have drafted a safety this year in the third round, so a little bit earlier than Glover Quinn went, but also went to the Lions who showed no interest in the pre draft. So, what do you think about the rest of the NFL draft? Because we talked about Aiden Hutchinson, we talked about Jamison Williams. This episode of Belief in Lions is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online. Bet online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Did Detroit continue to knock it out of the park?
0: I mean, I thought they did a gr- a great job. I mean, I think, um, you know, looking at the picks, they went heavy, heavy defense. Um, and I think if you look back at some of the games last year, that's kind of what they felt. I mean, I think they feel pretty good about their offense and their ability to score points and and do things like that, especially with adding Jamison Williams. Um, you know, I think they feel like offensively they can be, they can, they can be dynamic, and so you have to be able to stop people to win games. You have to be able to, um, you know, limit the other team from scoring, and so they went heavy defense. Um, I mean, I think every pick except for two, right, was was defense. I mean, they drafted Jameson in the first round. I think they came back and got a tight end later on, and we talked about having that tight end underneath when you got a guy that can take the top off those was those tight ends, slot guys, they're going to be open underneath. Um, I mean, I thought I thought they addressed what they needed to address. I thought they showed where they feel comfortable at. Um, obviously, in the O-line, they feel good there. Um, addressed a couple things on the D-line. Secondary, I think they got a linebacker in there too, HBCU guy. Um, so I think, um, you know, I have to give the Lions a pretty good draft
1: grade. I completely agree with everything you just said, because we got we'll we'll start from the beginning. We got the Kentucky defensive lineman, Josh Paschal, and he is that versatile, that base defensive end who kicks inside to the three tech on passing downs. He can be that phenomenal athlete. Then we got Kirby Joseph, the safety from Indiana, another phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Then we got the tight end, James Mitchell, who you mentioned. We got mm-hmm. Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker, who I don't know if you noticed this, but he set the combine record for bench press at the linebacker with 35 reps. So wow. that was I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, that was pretty impressive. I, I, uh, I thought myself. And then we got James Houston, the fourth from Jackson State, another linebacker, which we love to see. And we love the HBCU representation coming from Coach Dion.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was huge. You know, I think, you know, Dion talked about it last year after the draft that, man, it's very, very difficult to not have one guy from an HBCU drafted last year. And I think this year they may have had two guys. I think they had the corner from South Carolina State went to the Rams. I think in the 4th round maybe. And then um the Lions took one. And so that's that's a big step. That's huge for the HBCU and those guys, they deserve it. It's uh, it's it's tough um but they they deserve an opportunity and you know it's good to see two teams gave them a shot and drafted them. I'm sure Several of them got signed in, the, you know, free agency. But to see two of those guys get drafted, it just continues to to shed light on on that on that conference. And you know, hopefully in the future, we get more of those guys drafted. But it was a good draft, man. I I thought I thought it was a pretty good draft, especially for the Detroit Lions.
1: And loaded up on the defense, which they needed, but. On the flip side of that, that means something that you've been preaching since you I've started talking to you. They've made their decision on Jared Goff this year.
0: Yeah, I mean they 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 obviously showed that they didn't draft a quarterback. Um and I'm sure you're not signing a guy in free agency that you're expecting to come in and be your starter, no. right? So, um they didn't draft the guy, so Jared Goff is their guy as, as, at least for this year. Um you know, if they given him an extension before the season, obviously they would tell you even more how they feel about him. But um, as of right now, he got, I think he got one year. And they basically told him, hey, you're our guy for this year. You go out and take care of business. Um, they probably make something happen. If not, then they'll probably use the first round draft pick next year to uh, get their quarterback. So, um, But I think think at least for Jared, that that is some uh, relief for him, Um, you know, especially going into your last year, going into the draft weekend. You're not extended. I mean, unless they've told you something that, you know, they haven't released to the world, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know because you saw the rumors that you know they could possibly have taken a quarterback with the number two pick or whatever. Like you've seen all those things, so you don't really know. And for Jared, he knows if they take a quarterback at the number two spot, then he's not the future. You know what I'm saying? That that, that new quarterback is the guy. So for them not to do that early in, the, early in the draft, and then for them not to even take a quarterback the entire draft, big bowl of confidence for Jared Goff. So... I'm sure he's he he woke up this week, uh, walked into the building feeling really good, um, energetic, and he's uh, ready to have a good offseason, good OTAs, good mini camp, leading into hopefully a good training camp, right into a good season.
1: And it especially means even more when you see how far these quarterbacks fell. Because Malik Willis, he was in conversation to be the second overall pick to the yes. Lions. He goes late third round. He's not even QB two off the board. Kenny Pickett is QB one off the board. And he goes at 20, which is the latest a quarterback one has gone in the modern era. So for the Lions to say, we're not only are we not using a round one quarterback, but the guys that everyone thought we'd taken round one and round two, we're not touching them in round three. We're not taking them because we believe in Jared. And so what does that mean for the rest of the league with these rookie quarterbacks? And could the lions have a little bit of regret if they develop the right way, or does the fact they were drafted so late speak to the class itself?
0: Well, I think it speaks to the class itself. I think, you know, when all of them get drafted late, like that, it's kind of a consensus around the league that, you know, maybe these guys aren't as high, um, you know, level players as they should be, you know, they're just the guys that uh, are the best of this class. And it could be, you know, you you could just not have a good quarterback class. Um, But I think, you know, like we talked about last time, when it comes to the draft, when it comes to any of these guys, it's all hindsight, you know, it's all hindsight. I mean, if Malik come out and some kind of way gets a starting job and he goes on and becomes a great quarterback, they're going to be talking about how he failed and somebody got him, you know, late in the third round. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to be They're going to be like, man, this kid should have been the first rounder. You know, you know, how they come back years later and they have those articles and those videos. It's like, oh, redoing the 2022 NFL draft. Every year. Let's repick the top 10, you know, with the guys. You know, you got the guys who got drafted and maybe they're not doing so great. And you got the ones that were drafted later and you're like, hey, this guy should have been, you know, the number two pick. And so uh, it's all hindsight. It's fun. That's what makes, I think the sports, that's what make the watching, that's what make all that stuff. That's what makes it interesting is because you just kind of take a chance. You take a guess and you're hoping that it plays out the way you thought. And that's that's what's so rewarding. You know, when you bet on somebody and then they do well, you're like, oh, my gosh, I was right. They did good. And so that's how it is in the draft. You, you draft these kids high and you hope they pan out and you draft the ones later and you hope they come become good players, right? Everybody's looking to draft that next Tom Brady and not necessarily a quarterback, but just that late round pick that turns into, um, you know, an all-time great. And so they're always looking for that guy and, and every guy comes in with that, you know, kind of ambition, that want to be, you know, that late round guy that that, that makes the team that goes on and, and, and has a great career. Um, it doesn't work out for everybody, but um, they most certainly are trying.
1: And that's just what's so cool about the draft and the NFL in general is just the draft is such a spectacle. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a damn thing until you get on the field and actually produce because every year I know we get the redraft. How, what would you do in hindsight? You also get the, who won the off season and who made the best free agent signings. And then usually that team isn't that good come week one. So <laughs> to have the lions quietly praised, not the flashy billboard sign praise, just the, you know what? These guys are consistently chipping away. They're making smart decisions. They drafted two defensive linemen in the first three picks. They're building through the trenches. They're building the back end. That makes me excited for what this team could be in the future. And I think this draft really spoke to what the Detroit Lions want to be going forward.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, when when things align, it always feels great. Um, and what I mean is, the lines have has has had some great momentum early in the off season. Um, people feeling really good, you know, free agency, a couple of things that they've done. Um, and so then when you go into the draft, you know, the hometown is won Aiden Hutchinson, right? The city, everybody around is like super excited about the possibility of getting Aiden Hutchinson. And then for the Lions to feel the same and make that pick, you have that great excitement off the top, off the 10 minutes into the draft, because the guy that we all wanted, they took So now we have the guy that we always wanted, right? And then you come back and you make a splash, you make a trade. Instead of sitting back and waiting to the 30-second pick to see who falls to you, you go out and make a statement and say, hey, we're going to get the guy that we want, the guy that we need, that we feel like can help us. So we're going to make a trade. We're trading up some spots so we can get our guy – and that's you know, that's a sexy pick, right? Wide receivers, guys that are fast, guys that can, you know, change the scoreboard. And the last we saw of Jameson it was in the in the championship game when he was, you know, practically destroying Georgia until he got hurt. And so um just makes it very, 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 very exciting. Then once you you know, you start adding a couple of pieces after that it just all looks and feels so much better because you started out with the guy that everybody wanted and a guy that also can come in and and help you win football games. And so everything else is just icing on the cake.
1: I was about to say something similar that all the, the rest of the draft is a luxury when you get Aiden Hutchinson first, because no matter what you do from that point forward, the fans aren't going to complain. They're just thrilled that they got their guy. They got the hometown kid. They got a blue chip pass rusher. And you talk all the time about changing the game, putting up points on the scoreboard. I think they got guys that can do it on both sides of the ball with Jamison and Williams and with Aiden Hutchinson forcing those big time turnovers as a pass rusher, whether it's the fumbles or, or it's hitting the quarterback. Errant throw pops up to the safety, like Glover Quinn back in the day.
0: Oh, you got to capitalize on all the tips and the overthrows. You know, I used to tell the DBs, if you're in the right spot doing just doing your job, you should be able to get at least one tip and one overthrow every year. At least one, one of them. You know, when you're getting good pressure from D line linebackers, you know you guys are flying around, you flying to the ball. There's going to be a game where you get that, that tip ball that just flutters right to you. And there's going to be that game where you just get that overthrow and it just comes right to you. And that's two interceptions. You know, you go out and make one play. Just go and make one play a year. Well, then that should be three turnovers for you. You know, two gifts and, and make one play. And so it's always nice as a secondary man when you got guys that can rush up front. You know, my my funnest years in the league was when, you know, when I was on those teams, I had those good front sevens. You know, it first started when I was uh, when I was in Houston. You know, we had, you know, when we drafted J.J. Watt, you know, our line, we had J.J. Watt. We had Antonio Smith. We had Sean Cody, who was also a Detroit guy. And then off the edge, we had Mario Williams, who was the number one overall pick. We had mm-hmm. Connor Barwin. We had Brian Cushion in the middle, who was a first-rounder. We had D'Amico Ryans in the middle. So, I mean, our front seven, those guys were incredible. So, it made it that much easier for us in the back end. And we had some talented guys on the back end. And then, you know, I come to Detroit and then, you know, we end up with Sue and Fairley, and they drafted Ziggy and we had Jason Jones and C.J. Mosley and George Johnson. And, you know, those guys, DeAndre Levy at the linebacker blitzing in and Tully and, you know, those guys up front stopping the run, getting after the passer, it just opens things up for you in the secondary. and You know that, you know, the quarterback is not going to have all day to get rid of the ball. So you can trust your reads, trust your technique, trust what you're seeing and go with confidence. And, you know, you look back at that 2014 season, I mean, we turned the ball over a lot in the back end. And I think it was directly, you know, because of the D-line we had and the pressure that we was able to get on the quarterback.
1: So let's hope that this new Lions defensive line can turn in some of that pressure to turn in some of those overthrows, those tipped passes. And that's something that I really noticed with the Lions this year. Amani Oruwarie was just always there to capitalize. And then with Tracy Walker, he wasn't getting those opportunities because he was playing such sound coverage. They weren't testing him, it felt like. And so then when he finally got that interception off of a tipped ball, the entire team celebrated knowing that this guy is playing at a pro bowl level. He just doesn't have the interceptions to show it. So hopefully with more pressure up front, 2022 can be a big year for the lions defense. Is there anything that you're hoping to see more of from them, whether it just be, execution are you hoping to see some changes in assignments or pat like uh, blitzes a little bit more aggressive what do you hope to see this year
0: well i think for me it's just the mentality um i think if the mentality is right i think you will see all those different things and what i mean by the mentality is you know i want i want those guys to go into the games feeling like and knowing that they're going to win like expecting to win, not going in hoping that we're going to win today, hoping that the offense is going to play well and the defense is going to play well and, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get a win. Like I want them to go into the game knowing, hey, there's three phases to this football game and whichever way that we have to win it, we're going to figure out a way to win it. You know, if we got to get a block punt to win the game or if we got to return a kick or return a punt, If we got to shut the team out, or we got to win the game 7-3 or 10-7, we're gonna hold up. If we got to win the game 35-38, we're gonna score enough points and get a big a big time stop in the end of the game to figure out a way to win. You gotta be able to win the game, you know, in all three phases. And, you know, going into the games knowing that we're going to win some kind of way. We're going to win this game. And you play that way, you feel that way. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And so that's going to just come from the offense. I mean, not offense, but just the offseason uh, that they have, the chemistry that they build, the work that they put in, uh, you know, over the summer. And then you come back to training camp and everybody's ready to go. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's bought in. And you just focus on the grind, just focus on the process of, of going out and getting better each and every day. And you continue to build and you continue to build and you compete and you compete and you compete. And you understand that going into the game that defensively you've done everything to prepare your offense and offensively, they know they've done everything to prepare the defense. And now we get to all be on the same team as opposed to going against, I mean, going at each other. Now we can bring all that together and go at somebody else with the mentality and the confidence that we're not losing. Um, And if they take that step, I think that'd be that'd be tough, and they'll have a, they'll have a good year.
1: Let's hope that that good year transpires. It all comes together, and I don't want to make direct comparisons because I know the Rams Super Bowl team with Jared Goff was not. Like, well, the Lions aren't shooting for a Super Bowl quick. I know that's always the goal, but it's a slow rebuild. But When you look at the offense, it's very similar to what Jared Goff had then with a strong offensive line, a pass-catching and grinding running back like DeAndre Swift. He's got his speedster, Jamison Williams, instead of Brandon Cooks. He's got his slot guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, instead of Cooper Cup. He's got Josh Reynolds as his wide receiver four again. So it looks very similar from a... when When you're building the roster out when you build people for different roles, it seems the, Ra- the lions have a type like the Rams did, but the difference is that Rams team was all about the flashy plays on defense. Cause they knew they couldn't stop you consistently. Right. They just wanted one turnover, one sack, one forced fumble at the right time. Whereas this lion's team seems to be embracing. We could be that high flying of an offense, but our defense is going to be consistent. We're going to stop the run. We're going to rush the passer. And we're just going to keep adding bodies to this defensive back room because we know they all have talent. We'll see how they come off of injuries, but they're really, really building something exciting in Detroit finally.
0: I, I think so. I, I think I think you said it right, man. They, they're putting the pieces together. And like you said, just talking to mentality, you know, knowing that we can put up points, but we're going to stop you. You know, when I was coaching, you know, our 12 year olds football team this past, this past fall, um, you know, we went on, we won the Super Bowl, but we built our team in, in around the belief of defense. You know, um, we could score points all the time, but, I stressed that we're going to win a championship because of defense. As I said a lot of these teams are going into these games and they don't focus on defense, so it's all about just outscoring the other the other team. Right? We'll go and win the game thirty-five to forty-two, whatever, whatever. Right? My whole process was no, we're going to score forty-two, but we're not giving up forty-two. We're not giving up anything. And I think the most points we gave up in a game all season was 13. That was one time. I mean, we played seven or eight. We played eight games regular season. Then we played three in the playoffs. And I think we gave up like 51 points all season. Um, I mean, in the Super Bowl, we won in like 20-something to six. In the semis, I think we only gave up. You know seven points first round of the playoffs shutout i mean we probably had four or five shutouts and just you know seven points here six points there um but offensively we were putting up 35 40 points a game um and so i think that's what the lines are that's what you want to have right you want to have an offense that can put up points and then you also want to have a defense that can stop people and like i said When you go into a game knowing if we need to get a stop, we can make a stop. If we need to get a scoring drive, we can get a scoring drive. And if we need to make a play on special teams, we can do that as well. When you go into a game feeling that way, you're tough. You're very, 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 very tough.
1: It is, it is. And it seems as though the Lions aren't the only team building up on defense. And they're not the only team, or sorry, even after the draft, teams are still making moves. So I don't know if you saw this, but just before we came on, it was announced that Tyron Matthew is nearing a deal with the New Orleans, New Saints. Orleans
0: Saints. I did. I saw that.
1: What are your thoughts on Honey Badger heading home to <laughs> Nola?
0: You know, I I think I think timing is 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 good. Um you know he's a lot older now, he's a lot different guy than he was, you know, 10 years ago, um, you know, at LSU, right? So I think if he went to the, to the Saints coming out a long time ago, it probably wouldn't have been a great situation for him, um, being that he's from there and then everything that was going on with, with him and his, you know, career. But I think now he's at a point in his career to where I think he can handle it, Um I think it'll be fun for him. I think he'll take pride in it. Um, You know, I think he'll co-op and he'll play well. He'll have a chip on his shoulder. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, I don't know if it was by choice or by, you know, people wanting to see how the draft played out. Um, It's tough for veteran defensive backs. But, you know, a guy of his caliber and his, you know, resume, you know, you wonder why you know he's he's just not signing um and it could be i don't know it could be been the money that he was asking for it could be um like i said teams want to see hey we want to see if we can get somebody younger in the draft and if we can't then we'll circle back around to our veteran safeties and so um i don't really know what what the problem was or what 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 went on with why he's just not signing but to be at this point in your career and maybe to sit back and wait and go to a situation that's good for you somewhere that you're wanted, somewhere that you can go and play. And it just so happens to be your, your hometown. I think he's a, he's excited. I think he'll be a good, uh good voice for that, for that defense, for that, for that locker room and bring some, you know, energy, some pride, some, all those things back to that, to that saints uh, defense and who knows, man. Um, I think they're still a step behind offensively, um, but could be a good thing for Tyrone.
1: In terms of the Saints being a step behind offensively, I agree. I think we all see the Saints as a team that's fighting to stay, to keep up where they were in the past, fighting for playoffs. I don't think they see themselves that way. I think they believe they could win a Super Bowl again this year and they might see adding Tyron as one of those moves that brings them closer to it.
0: I, I don't think they – I mean, I think every team is probably going to feel like we can win a Super Bowl. That's that's what you want. But I think realistically they know, like, I mean, unless you got a, a, a good quarterback, it's, it's, it's going to be very difficult for you anyway. And I don't even – I mean, I haven't really been keeping up as much but I don't even know who the Saints quarterback is. I think they re-signed Jameis. They did,
1: and Andy Dalton is his backup.
0: Right, so Jameis hasn't shown that he can stay healthy and be productive over the course of a whole season. We all know Andy Dalton. They moved Taysom Hill. He was never going to win him a a Super Bowl as a quarterback anyway, so I just don't feel like the Saints have enough. And then, you know, Micah Thomas, who knows what's going on with that guy? Injured? Not injured? Want to play? Don't want to play? Drew Brees is not there. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with him. And then outside of him, you know, Avin Kamara is he's a special talent, but you know, you don't have to respect the passing game as much. You can you can key in more on those running guys, those guys as you know in the backfield. So I I don't think the Saints are are going to make a run for but i think just exactly what you said they've been a caliber of team and offense and for so many years that we remember with drew Brees and sean payton in that organization and they're fighting to try to stay afloat and they're just sinking slowly they're just they're just not that team anymore and defensively they got some good players and they can make some plays and they can you know but they're just not that caliber. And the division that they're in, you know, Atlanta has been down, Carolina has been down. Tampa is the only one that's really been, you know, making noise in that division and Tom Brady coming back. So I would look for Tampa to win that again. And, you know, I just I just I just don't see the Saints being there right now.
1: I don't either. I think they need to kind of do a reload, if not a rebuild. But the moves they keep making imply that they think they're better than we see them. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But back to Tyron and these veterans signing after the draft, is that I think it could be possibly something where teams don't want to take a chance in case they get a younger guy. Tyron just got hurt by the Kansas City saying that he would have re-signed. So is there anything in the player's mind where, hey, if I could sign this contract and be replaced within a week with the draft coming up. Could it be a move to protect themselves? Could it be the money? There's a lot of factors at play. And is that something that's almost common at this point when it comes to second free agency post-draft?
0: Well, well, I think, you know, when you, when you look at, guys in the nfl especially when you're a veteran guy you know you understand and you know that they're looking for the replacement i mean when you're a certain age you know you're not the future you're you're here to to help shape the future um so if they draft you before i mean if they sign you before the draft depending on how your deal is structured and the money wise you know okay i'm here for this year right they're not drafting me as on the basically a trial basis i'm going to be here for this year but then if they go out and draft a young guy right so they signed a veteran safety or as veteran player before the draft but then they go out and draft the younger guy whatever well, veteran player already knows like i'm here to groom this guy i'm just, i'm i'm gonna be the player this year i'm gonna be the starter but this is the guy that they want me to help shape because he's the future. And I think, you know, guys understand that. Whether they want to play that role or not depends on the guy and, and how he is. But um, I think guys understand that. So I don't know if that's a move that, you know, Tyran was just like, hey, I don't want to be in that role, so I'm just going to wait to after the draft so I can sign and go somewhere Why this or that. I think he's made plenty of money um and i think he just kind of waited and went to the situation that was that was good for him and a lot of teams probably didn't you know like i was saying they probably didn't because you didn't really hear about any offers or anything going on before the draft right you just kind of like hey we're just going to see how the draft play out um see what we got so that we know money-wise what we can do and we know player-wise kind of what we need and i think um I think you know he waited, teams waited, and the, the 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 perfect situation for him, at least from an outside perspective, uh, came up, and he jumped on it. You know, and I feel like at this point in his career, he had to want to be a New Orleans Saints because at the end of the day, like I said, he's played long enough. He's you know made a significant amount of money that he didn't necessarily have to take a deal with the Saints if that's not what he really wanted to do. I mean, I'm sure he could have waited longer or, you know, had another option depending on what the money is. But for him to, you know, come back and actually sign with the Saints, it kind of shows to me that he wanted to come home. um, and He got an opportunity to come home, and I think he's looking forward to it.
1: And I'm looking forward to just seeing him back on the field. Always a pleasure to see these living legends, these all pros back on the field for another season, even if it's not where they were hoping to be. And there's a lot of players that were hoping to be on a team. And we're even seeing today running back from the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Davis has been released after they drafted a running back. And so I know it's easy to get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of the draft, but at the same time, there's a dark side of the draft of people losing their jobs, being replaced. And I think it's important that we remember that it's not all happy. There's a lot of turmoil that is being created in people's lives right now.
0: No question. You know, when I was young and I came in the league, you know, somebody told me, they said, Hey man, at the end of every season, every roster is full and they have a draft every year and they draft 250-something players. So if every roster is full at the end of the year, and then they draft 250-something more players into the league, for 250-something to come in, 250-something got to go. And that's that's just a part of the business, you know, Somebody come in, somebody got to go. And it's you know, it's a crazy, it's a crazy business because, like you said, the Atlanta drafts a running back, they release Mike Davis. Somebody's gonna pick Mike up. Yep. And then they're gonna have to release somebody. So we used to always say, like, you're not only competing with the guys like in the same room with you the guys that are on the same team as you, those aren't the guys that you're just competing with. You're competing with the entire league. And then you're competing with the guys in college. You're competing with everybody because they're looking to find somebody better. That's their job. They're looking. So if you could be a practice squad guy in Jacksonville and you're having a phenomenal time, there may be somebody in LA that see that some kind of way they will see that. And if you're performing better than the guy on their practice squad, now they want you on their practice squad. And you had no idea. You're just a guy in in Florida, but next thing you know, you're signing with the Rams because of how hard you've been working on the practice squad. So it's, it's a crazy business. It's, you know, we always talk about, like you said, the the dark side of of the NFL when it comes to training camp, right? We see all the guys that actually get cut um, when it's time to make the the roster. We don't really talk about a lot of the guys that get cut around the draft when when it's such a happy moment for so many other people in their lives and dreams have, have come true. But um, you know, for, for your dreams to come true, you had to put a damper on somebody else's. So that's just that's just life.
1: It's just life in the NFL especially, and it's one of those things they always say, even after the first lineup is set after training camp, cut-down days are done. They're not even close to done because of all the free agent signings that are going to happen, the waivers, the just everything going on. And so I just wanted to make sure we took a moment to talk about those players who are going to go through a change right now, but... When it comes to a Mike Davis, maybe Carolina brings you back and it ends up being good for you. Some other players, it doesn't end up as well as you'd hoped.
0: Right. And that's that's just a part of it. You know, that's just a part of it. We all we all want to be in the best situation, but it doesn't work out that way. So go where you can go, continue to play, continue to work, and um, you know, be proud. That uh you still have a job. You may not be where you want to, but keep grinding and hopefully you can end up where you want to be. But if not, at least you got a job and, and you get to continue to play the game that you that you love to play. So I like I said, I think when you're when you're a part of the game, you you understand that side of it. It's probably it's probably a little it it, it it's new and different for, for rookies and guys that come in because you know when you're in college and I guess it's gonna be different. These, these guys would be different than most guys because of the transfer portal, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, back when I was in school, I mean, you were with your same teammates basically for four years, right? That's just how it was. It wasn't the transfer portal. It wasn't guys leaving and going where he wanted to go and doing things like that. And so... When you would get to the NFL and you see guys in one day, out the next day, you see your, the, your teammates are changing daily. Like that's a new, you know, thing for for guys. You know, back when I was in school, like I said, I think nowadays these guys may come into the league prepared for that already because of the transfer portal that they're getting the experience that in college where they have. A teammate, a good player, but then all of a sudden that guy transfers, and then you know we end up getting somebody else, and like they're they're seeing that change in college now. So that it may not be as a big big of a deal now, but understanding the business of football at the NFL level is something that you know sometimes it takes rookies a little bit to get, um, but just come in and focus on on playing, focus on ball. And, you know, control the things that you can control because outside of of your effort, your attitude, your energy, you can't control any of that other stuff, man. You can't control your injuries or how, you know, the organization trades you, cuts you. You can't control any of that stuff. Just go out and play. And, you know, if your team can't keep you, hopefully somebody else see you and, and pick you up.
1: And so I think that brings us perfectly into the final thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and ask you. And so I almost break the lions draft class down into three buckets of players. We have the guys that were drafted high and are set to compete right away. And I'd say that's Aiden Hutchinson. That's Kirby Joseph, the safety and that's Josh Paschal, the edge rusher. Then, there's the later round bucket of guys, the day three guys, James Mitchell, or well, sorry, James Mitchell's in a different tier. We'll get to him in a second, but the linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker, James Houston, and the cornerback, Chase Lucas, where they're fighting to make the roster, fighting to establish themselves. And then I have the third bucket where it's Jameson Williams and James Mitchell, Mitchell's coming off an ACL early in the season. So he stands a better chance of being ready right away, but Jamison is going to be working his way back. So what are you looking for from the early guys, the late guys and the injured guys? And do you have any advice that you would give the three different buckets or is it unilateral across all three?
0: Well, I mean, I think I think like like you said, you know, for for James, you know, having his ACL early, hopefully he's recovered, um, and he'll be able to go to through the, the offseason program and go through training camp and and get himself ready to go. Jameson's the one that, like I said, it's, it's, he's it's a little scary because his was late, and you know the fact that he was a first round draft pick. You don't want him to try to feel the pressure to have to try to come back too soon. Um, you know, hearing the mar- the murmurs about when is he going to be back? When is he going to be back? He's going to be excited to play. The fans are going to be excited to see him. And all those different things. I think as fans, we got to be patient and know that this guy has a long, long, long bright future ahead if he can get healthy completely. And if you rush him back or try to get him to come back out there before he's completely healthy, but not only that he's gotten healthy and he's got him his body in shape to be able to play in the NFL. He'll have a better chance of having a longer career than trying to rush him back out there, putting the pressure on him to come back um, before he's completely healthy. So that's the biggest thing with him. Make sure he's healthy for, for, the you know the guys that were drafted you know mid rounds right come in and be the best teammate the best special teams guy that you can be and be a good rookie you know be a good rookie um i i, I try to tell people that all the time you're only a rookie one time in the nfl so if they ask you to go and get donuts, man, go and get the donuts, bro. Like, be a good rookie. You know, no, you don't have to tolerate disrespect. And I think most of the time when you're in a good locker room, there isn't really, you know, much disrespect. It becomes disrespectful. Or I would say that when you have a, a defiant rookie and now, you know, we got to teach you a lesson some kind of way. Just come in, be a good rookie. They ask for some breakfast. Grab the breakfast. It's gonna cost you forty bucks. It'd be you will be okay. You'll be a rookie one time, and then for the rest of your career, you can do whatever you need to do with the other rookies. So be a good rookie, be a good teammate, and be a good special teamer, and you're gonna increase your chances of of being on that opening day roster, uh, because. You you need guys that can that can be your backups that can be your starters on special teams. You need those guys. And when you draft a lot of defensive guys, linebackers, safeties, those backup guys have to be great special teamers. And if you even look at Pash Pashel, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. You know, depending on how well he can run, he could be a special teams guy as well. You know, you need big guys like that on the punt team. 'Cause you need guys that can block and guys that can run and tackle. You need guys on the on the kickoff return team. Like you need guys like that. So come in, just be excited to to be there and be excited to come in and, and learn and and be a good rookie. Be a good rookie. And what was the other tier? We had the first rounders, we had the mid rounders, and then we had the
1: the injured guys that we kind of uh covered as well.
0: Yeah, the injured guys, you got to get healthy. You got to get healthy. And like I say, understand that you are a rookie. You're not a veteran guy that's injured. Veteran guys that are injured, sometimes they got to hurry back, right? Mm-hmm. You got to you gotta get back out there because you're a veteran guy, so that means you're already older and you're, you're, your time is really ticking, right? When you're a young guy, especially a highly drafted young guy, You got a lot of career in front of you, so take your time and get healthy because you can't perform at the level that you're supposed to perform at if you're not healthy. So take your time. You have more time. Use a high-draft pick. That's going to buy you plenty of time in the NFL. Get yourself healthy so you can go out and perform the way and, and what they expect of you
1: great advice from Glover Quinn great stuff for us to now be able to keep an eye on with this rookie class developing with training camp well training camps a lot ways away but we've got the mini camps, the Otas all of that fun stuff coming up but that's a little bit of ways away in the meantime Glover, what can the people where can the people find you and what pluggables do you have to plug?
0: Ah man. Same old same old man. Find me on Twitter, Glover Quinn Jr. Find me on Instagram at Glover Quinn. Um and that's all I'm gonna plug today. I uh like I said, plenty few things that I'm working on, hopefully to be bringing to you guys uh in the future. Wanna really, 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 really get um more things nailed down. But um it's exciting times over here, exciting times for me. Um, I'm I'm excited to be back in the booth. I mean, I feel good getting back in the booth, talking, talking football. You know, I'm excited for the year. I'm excited. Ah, I'm just happy. So, find me, you know, on the socials. Hit me up. I try to respond. I do uh, interact. And, um, yeah, man, that's about it.
1: I'm glad you're happy because that makes me happy and it makes all of one pride happy as well. So you can find me everywhere at Javinaw 87 Glover. And I will be back soon to talk all things lions, but until then we will see you next time. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions! I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure
0: their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go
1: home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,